So if you could be here around nine, that would be great. Okay. Well, listen here. Hello, and welcome to Love After Lockup. Ha ha, okay. I'm Miss H, and today Mr. O and I will be discussing Season 4, Episode 5 of Love After Lockup. This week, Deontay is on his knees begging Nicole for sex. Lisa is mad that Stan is so cold. Daddy Doug tries to parent Dougie Jr. Josh tries to make amends with Mama Rose. And we meet Jeff, who admits he's hustled Danessa in the past, but now just wants to start a life with her without Kyle around. If you like what you hear, please support us and give us a five-star rating or send us constructive feedback. If you watch 90 Day Fiance, check out our other podcast channel, 90 Day MK, Teachable Moments with Miss H and Mr. O. Thanks and enjoy. Hello, Miss H. Hello, Mr. O. How are things with you? Good. How is life at the beach? Life, uh, yeah, I went from, I literally went from... One beach? <laughs> yeah, one beach to another beach. I put my, yeah, I put my feet in two different oceans in like, within like a span of three days. Yep, that's the best kind of life. Yeah, definitely. Right? Yeah. Uh, I don't know if our couples are having as much fun as you. Oh, some of them were definitely not. Some of them, maybe? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, probably the best in terms of having fun is probably Anessa and Jeff. So Anessa's getting ready for Jeff's release and has somehow roped her friend Kyle into helping her with the rollers in her hair and putting on her fake lashes. Anessa takes advantage of the fact that Kyle seems to be willing to do anything for her and gets him to ride with her to the prison. Anessa promises Kyle that if Jeff doesn't show up this time, that she will finally give up on him. Kyle seems to actually be open-minded to Jeff being a decent guy as Anessa talks his ear off about how Jeff is so great. Anessa tells us that Jeff's reason for not showing up the first two times was because he wasn't ready for a relationship. Anessa feels like Jeff used her for money back then, but now it's different. Anessa waits at the bus stop and Jeff shows up. Jeff apologizes for the other times. Jeff admits to us that he had no intention of coming to live with her before, even though he said he was, and she was just a hustle. He claims that this time he actually fell in love with her. They're all in the car ride uh, to the halfway house and Kyle tries to give Jeff the don't hurt her talk uh, as they race uh, to get there on time. Jeff is super annoyed that Kyle is there at all, and he thinks that Kyle talks way too much, and he'd rather just hear from Anessa. All right, so do you mm. think that Kyle was acting like the master cockblock on this reunion? I, I mean, yes, but kind. I think it was kind of by intention. Like, I think that's most of the reason he went. Um, maybe oh, right. not directly <laughs> – as, but, you know, to, to stop Jeff from doing anything dumb. Well, and I, actually, I take that back. That was like the secondary plan because I think he thought the first th- yeah. the first plan, primary plan, was that Jeff wasn't going to show up and he was going to have to be like supportive friend, shoulder to cry on like again, right? Sure, Possibly sure. Because that was his assumption was that this dude wasn't going to show up. But when he did show up, it was definitely like, I don't trust this guy. Let's just get him to the halfway house first and not have him try to uh, – try to do anything. I don't think he was being as bad as Jeff made it out to be because I think he was yeah. mostly I think he was mostly just filling awkward silence. Sure, sure. And I think that's part of it is from Anessa, you know? It's like right. even when uh Jeff was saying like I keep on asking her questions and he jumps in and answers, it's probably mm-hmm. because she was just like, I don't know, kind of quiet. Yeah. 
yeah, it was just like she didn't get much, you know, it wouldn't get much. And he was like, well, uh, we talked about this and blah, blah, blah. Because, yeah, I don't – awkward silence on a dude because that's a, a strange dude you never met that just got off literally the prison bus is like, yeah. man, we need to fill this time. I cannot comfortably sit in silence with this person. <laughs> right, right. I just – I don't like Jeff from like the what – five minutes that we saw him i don't like this dude he's there's something really creepy about him and it's like part of it is his look he's got that Mm -hmm. look of like a wild man that could like go off at any second like just like set him off and then the other thing is just how how annoyed he was at kyle being there it's just like chill out like you didn't show up the first two times like she's gonna come with backup this time either for protection for herself because you've already proven you're untrustworthy or like you mentioned emotional support so i think it's perfectly appropriate that kyle was there but let's Mm -hmm. actually talk about their relationship for a second i am so confused who this kyle character is and why he's so willing to do everything for her like what the hell Mr. O, you and I are very good friends, but I don't think you would ever be putting on fake eyelashes <laughs> for some hot date I have. No, I would I mean I would tell you how your fake eyelashes looked, but not sure. even for a hot date if we were going out together and you were like, Do my eyelashes look okay? Like but yeah, I don't know, but I would be like, let me let me get you set up for this, yeah, for this date you're gonna have. I I mean, yes. Help you with your rollers and your fake lashes and I was like, who is this guy? I just feel like that's a little much that you need uh, help with it. That, But also just because – part of it is just because he's so much younger. Also – Yes, he, that's the other also, thing. He also doesn't scan as gay. I feel like if it was a gay friend helping with your gay, with your lashes and your rollers, that might be yeah. something that's a little bit more – Right. You're more likely to understand – What's going yeah. on? Or, or I mean, because because it wouldn't be weird if it was uh, if it was a it was a female, right? If the friend was a woman who was helping her sure. get ready and putting her stuff on, sure. that wouldn't be as weird. So I, I don't want to give it too much credit because I'm you know, as somebody who has a lot of female friends, I don't want to be somebody who's like oh, no, and daughters guys, and daughters, <laughs> right? Right. Yeah. So you probably know what's up. Yeah, I don't want, but I don't want to be like. You know, I, oh, yeah, guys are only, guys only hang out with girls to bang them. Like that's not a that's not true, right? And so, especially because that the, the age difference, there's definitely no doesn't come across as there being like we had with Angela and um, you know, her Tommy, guy, yes, Tommy, where it's like there's a clear like you know sexual or relationship like kind of anxiety there going on. I, I don't that doesn't scan at all with Kyle, right? He just cares about her, yeah. But, and he's got a wedding ring on, so it looks like he's married. Which makes it weird that Jeff seems to – I don't think he said it, but it really kind of – that's kind of what he thought he was. Like, who is this dude yeah. who's hanging out with my woman? I don't like that. Like, he's clearly yeah. trying to get in her pants. Like, I mean, with his thing. So, I also feel like, man, remember last time we were like, you know, Jeff's an okay-looking dude based on his mugshot. He, oh, no. Jeff is, Jeff is not an okay-looking dude. No, no. Actually, I <laughs> – didn't think that i thought he was okay looking you could kind of tell in his mugshot he has like a wonky tooth yeah we thought i just thought he was making a funny face in his mugshot and he was like no that's just his face yes yes it really just is how he looks he looks like Mm kind of like the clueless a little bit yeah and that's what i'm saying he's got like this crazy look and he does kind of look the clueless or oh i'm gonna cut a bitch yeah yeah, I, it's definitely not a dude I would immediately trust on the street. 
um, after he started talking. Isn't that funny, though, how like just by looking at someone, you either get a feeling of trust or distrust? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's, like not really based in anything. And that guy, if I saw him. Yeah, I (laughs) know. Right. No, but I was going to say, I think it's like I think people would argue that it's kind of an evolutionary thing. Right. Mm -hmm. Like you have to be able to somewhat detect like danger versus non-danger. Otherwise, Mm -hmm. you would put yourself into dangerous positions and it would be very like uh, natural selection style. So I do think there is something to people getting like dangerous vibes from someone. And this guy gives me dangerous vibes. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a lot. Not just it's not just the way he looks too. And I th- I feel okay with that. It's kind of the yeah. his mannerisms and the way he carries himself is very much like, oh man, I'm not sure. And it's, the the scariest thing about it is like, I'm not sure if this guy's like all there. Like, I think there's like some serious <laughs> yeah. like missing parts of his personality. I'm worried about that might I be the self control parts of his personality that's missing. Uh-huh. Uh huh, and that's what I'm saying. He just seems like a man who could go wild and like snap at any second. Yeah, he didn't seem like you know Anessa like described him as. He's just so sweet. He's just a sweet guy. I was like, oh, definitely I not. not. That. I did not get that impression. I did not either. And that's what I'm saying. Like for him to get that annoyed with Kyle for however long they were in the car, that's to me also what's like, this guy's going to snap. That was like, yeah. that wasn't even malicious in any way. Yeah. And oh, um, it's already, you can already hear him being like, all right, well, I'll ride this out now. But like one of the first things I'm going to do is demand that she not hang out with Kyle anymore. Yeah. Like that's that's yeah. already coming down the road and you can already see it. Yeah. All right. So moving on to, let's go to, let's go to Rachel and Doug. Talk about things, seeing things coming down the road. Mm-hmm. All right, so Rachel and Doug wake up the day after his release, and Dougie is on the way to the house. You know, Dougie's been locked up since Dougie was about a year and a half old. And Dougie, when he gets there, skips the promised punch in the stomach, and they hug for a little while before Big Doug starts kind of jokingly warning Dougie not to mouth off or he'll get his ass whooped. But Dougie gives as good as he gets and says Doug might get his ass whooped by Rachel. Rachel's (laughs) mom also gets a hug, and they start talking about what Doug's plan is now. As they start to make their plan for the day, Dougie, who's sitting in the room, keeps throwing these little verbal barbs at Doug about his past. Rachel's mom's first impression of Doug is not great. She seems to think that Doug is here to take advantage because he knows where his bread is buttered. Anyway, we get to hear more about the respective love of processed foods on the commercial vlog segment. Rachel <laughs> is more of a spam girl, so she doesn't know the ins and outs of properly microwaving bologna. Yeah. Anyway, I know, right? The family goes out to dinner for thing. the first time. I mean, it's always a thing, but the family goes out to dinner for the first time. Dougie has a lot of pretty, you know, easy questions to tackle for Doug. Like, would you do things different? Do you want to go back to prison? But again, he keeps coming up with these little like jabs, doing things like calling Doug a weirdo and like saying, you need to cut my pork chops. (laughs) Doug seems okay with it for now because this is the transition period. But soon he wants to make sure Dougie knows who the rule maker is. All right. So how long do you think Doug is going to be able to kind of keep up this tolerating of Dougie's smart mouth? I mean, he's got not long. Yeah, not (laughs) long. I mean, there is some part of it where Doug has to realize, you know, dad Doug has to realize that this is resentment. You know, it's coming out resentment and. I don't know if ignoring that is really kind of the best thing, but I also think punishment isn't either. I think no, addressing definitely not. these mm-hmm. resentments, but 
Dad Doug does not seem mature enough to put all those pieces together. Right. right. Dad Doug is like, we're going to punish the shit out of you. So you will not do this anymore. I don't think Dad Doug really realizes that this is coming from a real hurt place and yes. that you kind of have to address that hurt before this behavior is going to really change. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I 100 percent agree. He's just going to and he's just going to try to punish this out of him. And it's like it's yeah. that, that it doesn't address the root problem. In fact, it makes the root problem worse. Right. Like if his right. thing, if, if the kid's thing is, because it seemed extremely obvious to me mm-hmm. that the kid is like, you've done tremendous hurt to me, and yep. so when I see you, I'm going to try to hurt you too, like just as 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 payback or as you know whatever it is. You know, I think right. it'll make me feel better to hurt you, so I'm going to try to hurt you, and yes. like and like inflicting more hurt on the kid doesn't solve that problem. No, <laughs> it doesn't. So. I agree with you 100%. And I think another thing that he's trying to do is he's trying to hurt his dad by kind of sabotaging this relationship. And with the reckless abandon, I would say, because it seems like he is happy, like being in a stable home, right? Yes. But he's mm-hmm. willing to mess that up to like get his jabs in because why on earth is Dougie Jr. trying to throw dad Doug under the bus and ruin things by yeah. pointing out how many bitches this guy was like had on the hook for random scam slash dating slash whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Which is funny because I think I don't even know if he's thinking that far ahead as the thinking it's going to um like actually sabotage the relationship and make them break right. up so much right. as he's thinking I'm going to say these things so that your wife you're gonna get in trouble yeah you're gonna get in trouble trouble. yeah no and i agree because he is too young to think of the bigger picture right and so the smaller picture is i'm gonna hurt my dad by getting mom mad at dad yes so i'm gonna say these things and it's not that they're not true but i do think he knows what he's doing in the sense that yeah, this is like not information anybody wants to hear. And so I'm going to say it because it's almost like a, a dirty little secret. And I'm going to air your dirty laundry out. Yeah, 100%. 100%. And I just don't. Yeah. And it, it's it's something that like I, we've always we feel bad for this kid. And like I don't even like blame him for what he's doing. I mean, this is how this is just kind of a coping mechanism and lashing out for the, like the tough time he's gotten. But yeah, I can. I honestly I just only see it getting worse. And it makes me it makes me kind of worried and sad for him. Right. I think the other issue, too, is they he, and he, he's had to grow up fast just because of his situation, sure. you know, like, mm-hmm. I mean, who knows where this kid would be if Rachel wasn't around? Sure. You know, like, who would he be living with? Who would be his primary caregivers? And, you know, who knows if they're messed up? Because the reason why he doesn't live with his mom is because she's drugged out. So who knows if like that's what he was surrounded by? Mm-hmm. Um, and so they they do kind of forget that he's there, I think, a lot of times. Like, he probably feels super neglected. Like, for example, why are you telling, inf- you know, your family, mother-in-law and son, that you are trying to make grandbabies? I, it, why are you saying that in front of your son? What is wrong with you? I don't know. I, I don't – yeah. Nobody – I mean, yes, nobody needs to know specifically when you were having sex – like, ever. like, yeah. <laughs> it's not something that I mean, people can think, of course, people are going to, you know, implicitly understand when you were doing that. But that's OK. Like, it just doesn't yeah. have to be like, I just wanted to tell this my mother-in-law. 
I was banging your daughter last night. Yeah. Don't <laughs> worry. Grandbabies are on their way. It's like, yeah. ew, Again, why would you want to know that? Imply, her grandmother is a grown woman and she knows when you got out of prison, you saw your wife for the first time in a long time. We all know what happened. Like, yeah. you don't have I mean, she even asked about the hotel. So she's like, yeah. But I think like he definitely took that and ran with it. It's like, oh, yeah. God. And in front of his kid, too. That's like, uh Yeah. But I don't know. It's, it's been a while for him. But he just make sure. I want to make it very clear to everybody. I had sex. Just make sure everybody knows. But I mean, <laughs> okay. So the baloney. <laughs> okay. I don't, honestly, my family was more of a spam family. So I mm-hmm. have zero experience with baloney. Uh, I did not know you stick in the microwave. I didn't even know that you were supposed to cook it in any way. Are you supposed to cook it? Um, you can, you can. I mean, I so my family was not a spam family. I don't think I've ever had spam in the house ever. Okay, well, um, I'll tell you about my spam story too. But go ahead. But no, we had bologna when I was growing up. But you yeah. just it was like bologna just for like we just put it straight on sandwiches. But I have yeah. known people who like fried bologna for like to make like egg McMuffins because that was like the closest oh, version to Canadian sense. bacon. Sure, sure. Like I had I do people who do that, but I just generally like ate. But I don't know. I feel like after I was about. Hen, like bologna just completely disappeared from my house for other lunch meats. Yeah, like real ones, I guess. Like real deli meat. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so my uh, dad was more so into spam. So out of the two, I've had more experience with spam, but it's not like my whole family ate it. And then I don't even know if my dad knew you were supposed to cook spam. So uh-huh. I always thought spam was really gross because he would literally just take it out of the can and like chop it up and like stick it in a sandwich or something, which sure. is disgusting because it's got like that coagulated like layer of gel fat all around it, right? Right. So I used to always think spam was so disgusting. And then when I was in college, uh, one of my friends like made it and they fried it up. And I was like, OK, this is pretty good. I don't know what my dad was doing this whole time. <laughs> right. So I knew spam you had to cook. So that's why since I don't have experience with bologna, I was like, oh, I never thought about it. But maybe that is something you have to cook. But I guess not. No, you don't have to cook bologna. But he said just his. But like to do it in the microwave is but when there's a little stove right there, that seemed a little excessive. <laughs> Well, so on the what is it, the life after or life in between lockup or something, they Uh had a whole segment on puppy and uh, Amber and they did a little cooking lesson of like what you would do. So I could kind of see. Yeah, I do. But I I get that it's I get that you do what you have to do in prison. Right. But that's like that's like when you get out of prison and you're sitting there instead of being like, huh, instead of going to the wine store and getting wine, let's make homemade hooch in our bathroom. You're like, why would you do that? That was a prison thing. Just go get wine. It's much better. As much as like, um, you know, it's not a place that they want to relive. I do feel like there's some sort of comfort and security in doing things the way that you were used to doing them. Right. So it's not like you want to be reminded of prison or anything like that. But you're like, for the last 11 years, I've been like making bologna this way. So it just makes Mm -hmm. sense to like make bologna this way, even though there's like better ways. Right. Well, he was complaining about like he didn't even get real bologna. I don't even know if there's fake bologna. That was news bologna. to me. <laughs> <That> <laughs> was a version of bologna, probably. Yeah. All right. Well, speaking of uh, mother-in-laws and uh, grandmas, uh, let's talk about Josh and Courtney. So Josh wants to make amends with his grandma, who he considers his mom. He had written her some very hateful things, blaming her for putting him in foster care when he reasoned 
was what led him to prison. He regrets what he says uh, said, but figures she is still mad since they haven't talked in months. Courtney has spent a lot of time with Josh's grandmother since his grandfather passed, and she loves Josh's family. Josh tries to call his Mama Rose, and she is somewhat cold towards him as he apologizes and asks to meet up so he can tell her in person how very sorry he is as he cries. She was somewhat reluctant to agree and doesn't really reciprocate the I love you Josh says at the end. The next day, Josh visits Mama Rose, and she gives both Josh and Courtney hugs. Josh tells her that he was angry and wanted other people to hurt the way he has. The letter has clearly upset Mama Rose as she refuses to talk about it further in the interview. We find out that Josh and Courtney have been married for two years and it hasn't always been great as at one time he called her names and was really mean to her. Mama Rose suggests that they have another wedding now that they can both be there and to kind of symbolize a new start. All right. So this is kind of the first we're hearing about Josh being a dick to Courtney. Uh-huh. What do you think that was all about? I mean, I, I, it sounds like the same kind of things that he did in the letter. Like, I just, uh-huh. it seems like, which I think is super common amongst a lot of people, maybe not to this extre- extreme thing, right? Mm-hmm. Is you have somebody, I think we've all done it at, at some point, especially when we're Joss's age, because he's not like super, he's pretty young. It's like, oh, especially you know, you mentally. Some, yeah, yeah, but you have somebody that like you feel like, is attached to you to the point where you're you're secure enough in not losing them, right? Mm-hmm. And you just pretty much take all of your anxieties out on them yeah. by kind of treating them like shit. And like maybe not to different extreme levels of this, but you know, you, you take out you take out your stress about your job, or you take out your stress about you know this friend who's doing this, that, and the other thing, and has drama, and you just kind of you don't and you don't do it by like you know unloading on this person but they're like on something completely unrelated god you're so this is god and you just have a stupid fight over nothing um Mm -hmm. and i think it's something nobody's proud of doing but i think it's somebody something almost everybody's done at some point on some level yeah yeah definitely um i was kind of confused as the timeline of all of that too because he just kind of said like oh i wasn't very good i wasn't a good husband so i wasn't sure if that meant like they were married After already. they had got married yeah. or if this was like when they were dating. But he said he was calling her names is like was mean to her. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It just seems so weird. It's almost like I can't imagine that coming from him the way he is now. He just mm-hmm. seems so almost like submissive a little bit. Like very like, you know, not taking the lead. Almost, sure. you know, a little insecure and not Confident. It's it's hard to imagine someone in that place just giving someone such a hard time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I it, it definitely is a timeline thing because they haven't been. If he's talking about being a husband, then they haven't yeah. been married for that long. That it could have been something that was like this was like five years ago. You know, like yeah, because you know people do grow and they do change, and you know it's also a point where that that could have been a situation where he like kind of realized that. And we don't know how exactly it went down. You know, you can realize, oh, no, wait, this is somebody I can lose. This is mm-hmm. somebody who won't, like, necessarily put up with this. But it's like somebody that is, isn't isn't a guarantee. And he, and he stopped taking her for granted, perhaps. Right. I like to think of it as, like, he just realized, like, this isn't someone I'd want to lose. Sure. Right? Right. Right. Or, yeah, or, or, or definitely a thing where, I mean, it seemed like this was pretty much in step with the Mama Rose thing. 
you know, not really thinking about or realizing how much hurt you're, what you're doing is causing the other person mm-hmm. and just being like, all I could think about was my pain and my hurt. And so I needed to get rid of that as whatever way I knew how. I knew how. Yeah. Uh, I just feel like at this point, like their drama just seems kind of fabricated. I do yes. think that sure. the letter was real. Mostly mm-hmm. because of her reaction, to, uh, Mama Rose's reaction to it. Like, she was just like, I don't want to talk about this anymore. Like, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm done. Like, yeah, you know, but at the same time, it's kind of like they did set up the whole, okay, we're going to have a real wedding now. But even then, uh, like. Yeah, that seems like that's always the, yeah. Yeah, a reach for a storyline. Because it's like, yep. yeah, it's something positive, but I don't think there's going to be any drama with them. All right, so I'll tell you what annoyed me that got me on a pet peeve oh, gosh, is yes. when at the beginning when Josh called Mama Rose uh-huh. and then said, "Do you know who this is?" God, that has I hate when people do that. Like, don't <laughs> call and then say, "Do you know who this is?" Like, stop that. No, you called me. Tell me who it is. Yeah, yeah. Because it's like one of those things you ask that, and it's always like, "Well, now I'm embarrassed. I'm going to be wrong. Like, what if I'm wrong and it's like somebody completely different?" <laughs> like, well, yes. If they don't know. Who it is, that's where things go very wrong because it's like, right. well, I don't know. Who's more embarrassed, you or the other person? I don't know. I don't know because, yeah, you're, you're putting me in a situation, if you do that to me, where I'm going to feel bad if I don't know you by voice because obviously you're expecting me to know you by voice. Yeah. Right? You're expecting me to know that. And, like, I didn't want to get in a situation to, like, the, um, you know, the, the who the hell is Jennifer? Like, yeah. Well, dude, like, like, yeah. I don't know. Oh, definitely. But anyway, that drove me. That drove me nuts. Yeah, I feel like this is gonna be a boring-ish couple. I mean, they seem very sweet, but yeah, yeah that's okay. But given given all the other train wrecks know, we have, yeah, the train wrecks we have, we do kind of yeah. need one that's gonna be like the palate more or less cleanser, smooth saving, smooth sailing, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. All right, so one that's definitely not smooth sailing is Stan oh, and Lisa. Gosh. Yeah. So we're about five hours after Lisa's release. And they've finally gotten back to Stan's house. Stan was disappointed that Lisa's call with her son in the car made her insufficiently horny. Lisa will be sleeping in her own room due to Stan's night terrors, which is the first we've heard about. Anyway, God. Lisa starts getting pretty mad that Stan doesn't seem to understand that her kid is always going to come first before his um, basement needs. Anyway, he's downstairs pouring and chugging like really big glasses of wine while she passes by to smoke a cigarette on the porch. He goes out to talk to her about things and eventually she blurts out that what she was hoping in this conversation was that Stan would invite her son to come stay with them. Instead, though, he just tells her that she needs to figure it out. God. So what Lisa figures out is that she needs to go and be with her son, Um, even though Stan had all kinds of, you know, drinking and sex plans for tonight. Anyway, things deteriorate pretty quickly and they get into one of those, uh, you know, well, maybe I'll go. It was like, well, maybe you should go kind of arguments. Things get to the breaking point, though, when Stan says, um, I raised my kids right. You didn't. <sighs> Lisa blames the alcohol and Stan gets more and more stubborn as she does. Anyway, she leaves to go to a hotel or something, whatever, get away from him. And that's where the whole episode ends. So, oh, man, what is there anything worse he could have said than no. I raised my kids right and you didn't <laughs> he was so far removed from like reading the situation right yeah. if he had just shown a little empathy about the situation mm-hmm. like 
I think that's all she really, really needed. And yes, ideally, like on the other spectrum of what she needed, she would have needed a place to stay with her, you know, her son. But I think he could have very easily talked himself out of it or, you know, out of that situation if he had just shown that he cared about her relationship with her son or cared about her son. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, it's totally – yeah, I think it's totally acceptable. I'm not comfortable with your son who I don't really know just coming to live with us for an indefinite amount of time. And and, and to decide that within a couple hours of you getting out of prison. Like that's reasonable, right? And there's a reasonable way to explain that to someone and to talk through it. It's not reasonable to just be like, I don't understand what you just don't do with your son. Yeah, right. You should be paying attention to me. Like that's – no, that's that's not a reasonable thing because he definitely is someone who doesn't understand or doesn't want to understand like, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say pe- things aren't people's faults but to understand that some people had it tougher than other people, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. And that and that this is a, a situation that somebody else is going to respond to differently because when she br- – that's when he says, I raise my kids right is when she brings up – well, if this was your daughter, we wouldn't be having this conversation. She would just be here. And he was just like, that doesn't make any sense because this wouldn't happen to my daughter. End of story. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so like him just being like – so then at the end of the day, he basically is holding her responsible for anything that happens to her family. If you would have handled your shit better, then this wouldn't be a problem right now. Yeah. Yeah. He definitely has the mindset of – you know, everybody should help themselves. Mm-hmm. And if you're not in a place where you can help yourself, that's like on you. Yes. Right. And I feel like people who have kind of grown up with some kind of privilege, it's very easy to say that. Like, I worked hard. Look at, you know, I had to. It's not that times were always easy for me, but I figured it out. I got my shit together and I like was successful, you know, and they think like, oh, well, if other people aren't successful, it's because they didn't work hard or they didn't do what they were supposed to be doing. But, you know, this kind of goes back to um, systemic issues where it's like, well, it's not set up to be equal for everyone. So there are people who are working hard and they're not able to succeed. And I think like if you're privileged, you don't get that. And that's definitely something I see in Stan. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And him just being like, why are you making your problems my problem? Like, yeah. I don't know, that, that, that's, it's, it's, he was like, it's definitely not my problem. So, right and, and, right. and by my problem, he means that, like, if she leaves, if he doesn't get, if he doesn't get what he believed that he was entitled to this night, mm-hmm. which is some pretty specific things, yeah. like, then she's made his problem, her problem, his problem. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so the, the entitlement that goes into that, who is he's not really any different than the son actually like if he, he won't see it that way but right. he's like sitting here and be like no 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 i've put myself in a situation where you owe me certain things and you're not giving them to me right right definitely oh goodness yeah uh this was not a good side of stan but i mean we <laughs> didn't come into this season thinking that stan was a shining example of a no, no, you no, know no. a citizen well, here Model well, that's citizen. also – that's what we said. I mean, from the beginning, we were like, he seems pretty clear that this is a transactional relationship. Yeah. And that's why he was upset because he felt that she wasn't holding up her end of the transaction. 
Yeah, definitely. Speaking of transactional relationships, we have uh, Deontay <laughs> and Nicole. So Deontay and Nicole are on their way to Deontay's house. He has a place ready with candles, wine, rose petals, and more gifts. Nicole gets the gift of more lingerie, and she gets an uncomfortable look on her face when she sees what it is. He tells her to put it on, and she negotiates that she would try it on, but he can't actually touch anything. She tells us that she used to have a side hustle of sexy dancing in prison for special occasions, and she liked having the attention. But as soon as Deontay demands she dances for him, she snaps at him, but does it anyway. She demands that he sit on his hands as she proceeds to give him a lap dance for a short time before pulling away and planting the seed that she would feel more comfortable in the lingerie if she just had bigger boobs. He promises to get her fake boobs, which earns him a few kisses, but she tells him that no sex until she gets new boobs. And Deontay drops to his knees and begs her to come on as she shuts the door on him. Nicole doesn't want to stay with Deontay, so she asks him to drive her back to her mom's. She thinks he's pushing too hard and too soon for sex. Nicole meets up with her prison friend, Audrey, who thinks that Deontay is a sucker, and Nicole will try to make it work just because of all the stuff she's getting. Nicole admits that she slept with a girl just a week ago, and she doesn't consider it cheating because it's not a man. Audrey and Nicole plan on doing a girls' night, which will include Nicole's ex, Tia, who she claims she really loved but felt like Tia uh, was cheating on her. All right, so why do you think that Deontay is not getting that sex is just not on the table for him? I don't know. It was so... Sad and pathetic. Like, yes. it really was. Because it was you just like... You dropped to your knees, like, hands together, like, begging. Oh, baby, don't do me like that, please. Come on, but don't come do on. Me like it's just like... Don't do me, like, exactly like you said you were going to do. Like, he's just... I mean, it was it was like... I feel like it's all the worst... It's one of the worst guy habits, like, of doing <laughs> that. Of Of... I mean, he was really just short of being, like, just the tip. Right? I mean, that's, yeah. like... That's where he was. Just to be like, well, okay, I know she said she didn't she didn't want sex, but maybe I can get her to just do a little more. Yes. And then once she does that, maybe I can get her to just do a little more. And once right, she does that, right. and like, and I'm just gonna like, you know, it's just so gross. I think it's it's so icky to me. Like, I don't I don't get it because I don't, you know, me personally, I don't want to have sex with somebody who's not like into it. Like, and it's just yeah. kind of doing it to be like pacify me. Like, that's the least like exciting kind of scenario I can imagine. Like, right, and it's like, right. no, this, no, I don't want to do it if that's going to be the term. So like, I, it's just that whole thing of like, well, maybe you put on the lingerie. Well, maybe if you give me a lap dance. Well, maybe, 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 maybe. And it's just like, no. Because even if they did, even if she did give in and did it, it would have been awkward and bad. Like, I guess yeah. he would have been fine, but. Oh, well. yeah, he would have been fine. Considering <laughs> his alternative is Nicole Jr., like, all she yeah. has to do is, like, just be there, right? He'll do right. the rest. Right. I just, I don't know. It's definitely is not the way I personally, like, approach that kind of stuff. And so it just seemed like, oh, this is, it's, it's, it's like sad, but it's also, like, super immature. It's like you. Oh, gosh, you, yeah. You've, like, had it. You've done it before, right? You've, like. Yeah, this is a 30-something-year-old man, yeah. right? Like, you're right. just like, and oh, you're not my a, gosh. You're not a 16-year-old who's just trying to, like, get some for the first time. Like, you've it presumably 
had, you know, successful relationships of his sort before. Well, maybe like, he hasn't. Maybe that's maybe why he's he so desperate. Maybe this is maybe this is every time. I don't know. In which Gosh. case, poor guy, I guess. But like, no, no, poor, poor guy. guy. This guy no. is so pathetic. There, yeah. oh, it's so pathetic. It's so cringy. It's so sad. Yeah. And the thing that I think makes him the most pathetic is that. It's not like he didn't know this was the situation. She has clearly communicated too soon for sex. Don't want to. And he's like, oh, okay." And then when the time comes, it's like, no, 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 no. I'm going to try to get more out of the situation. I don't believe you. I'm going to keep on like pushing, pushing, pushing. And then, oh, that didn't work. Okay, now I'm going to be pathetic and beg. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess you're right. No poor guy. Because the other thing, too, is, okay. Even if she was doing that thing, which is dumb, where you say we're not going to have sex when you actually are kind of like, there are some circumstances here where we might end up having sex, Yeah, which some people do, I think is dumb. But like, it was definitely not going to be a circumstance where he gets on his knees and begs for it. No. Like, that, no. It was like, because you always say this, it's confidence, right? Yes. It's not, that is, that is right. not confidence. He needs to take a step back and think about. How often does that work? How often yeah. does getting on your knees, begging, mm-hmm. like work? The, the woman's going to be like, oh, okay. Yeah. Now that you're begging, that's, I just wanted to see you beg. Yes. All right, baby, let's go. But I just, I mean, it seems like the, does every time you do it, it's, it, it's the goat, the, the symbol, the signal for him to go is, all right, fine. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds terrible. <laughs> oh goodness yeah it oh, was but then just we sad get, to watch then we, get to the, then we get to this hairdresser which i was confused about why did she mm-hmm. box dye her hair like two days before getting getting this weave i don't know i'm confused by her whole hair situation to begin with right we started off with blonde and then we saw that it went terribly bad and it was like that orange brassy color right and then she somehow fixed it and went back to blonde and then it got a little brassier after she fixed it. But I think that she wanted it a specific color because that hairdresser wasn't dyeing hair. She was only doing extensions. So yes. maybe she was just trying to save money on the dyeing part, even though I don't think she even gives a crap about like saving money on the dyeing part. Because let's be real here. Deontay supposed to be footing the bill. In fact, yeah. even when her hair was done, she was like, oh, well, um, let's just hang out here. Man, well, my man will be back. Deontay comes back and pays yeah, for it. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Oh man, that hair that that hairdresser's got to learn to get her money up front sometimes. I guess. I know, right? <laughs> oh gosh. Oh man. But it was like I don't know, and it just it's it's so crazy that it's immediately obvious to everyone yes. that watches the show, and and, yes. and everybody that knows her well is like, uh, she's obviously playing this guy to get as much stuff out of him as she can. It's oh just, yeah. And, He's the only one who doesn't see it. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It's like such a train wreck. And you're just like, what I think what makes it extra sad is not only is it obvious, it would be obvious to him if he just listened to what she was saying. Yes. But he doesn't. He's like living his, in his own delusional fantasy where it's like, no, no, she said that, but that's not what she means. I can mm-hmm. tell she means something else. Yeah, and she means she wants a boob job, and she's not gonna have sex with you. Yeah, I know, right? And she probably won't won't even after she gets one. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't even know if he knows what the recovery for that looks like, but they're, oh, they're yeah, definitely not having sex anytime soon right? after that boob job. So, uh huh, uh huh. All right. Well, that's everybody yes. for this episode. 
All right. So who was your student of the week? Out with Josh. I did um, too. I, I feel like, I don't know. I feel like we might have to get off the train of just being like Josh and then Courtney. I know, and then right. Josh and then Courtney. But but at least for this one, I had a specific reason. Yes, Because he I did went too. to Mama Rose and he apologized as an actual apology. And not yes. like, I'm sorry if I offended you or I'm sorry if you were hurt, but like, I did something wrong and I'm apologizing for it because it was wrong and end of story. No caveats, nothing like that. Right, right. No, I absolutely, that was the reason why I gave it to Josh too. He offered an apology. I think he even, it it, it sounds like he spent some time reflecting on the situation, right? And uh-huh. actually thinking about why did it, why did I do that? Why did I do this shitty thing, you know, mm-hmm. and tried to explain it and, you know, put himself or try to have Mama Rose understand the situation that he was in. And it's like, that's how an apology should be. Like, I think that when you are trying to seek forgiveness, you do need to kind of, both of you need to come to an understanding of where you both were when the conflict happened, right? And so Mm -hmm. I think he was trying his best to kind of do that. Paint a picture of what it was like when he, you know, sent that letter. Right. All right. What about your dunce? Stan. Yeah, I figured you'd go Stan. Uh, Stan. Well, Which I support, you know, I'm always, absolutely. I'm always, I'm always sensitive whenever people bring children into it. But yes. the, the idea of it, like, I raise my children right. Well, it also speaks to this thing that, like, there's some correct formula in parenting God, that makes you right. immune from your kids making bad decisions. And yeah. there's not. There's not. Yeah. There really isn't. Yeah, definitely not. So I figured you would do dunce of uh, being Stan. So I actually went Deontay. Okay. Like, man, you are such a sucker. And the begging for sex. Like, oh, what is wrong with you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So actually, speaking of Deontay, that's where my life lesson comes from. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's like, and, and it is, you know, once someone tells you that sex isn't going to happen, like, believe them and move on. Yes. Like, he would have had a much nicer night if he was just like, all right, well, that's not happening. What? Let's enjoy time with this woman that I'm supposed to be with, right? And not trying to right. be like, well, I know she's and spending the whole evening, wasting the whole evening being anxious over trying to get some when he already know when he knows, should know, but it's not going to happen. Yeah. And if it does happen, it's not going to be fun for her, definitely. Right, right, definitely. Okay, so uh, my life lesson actually was inspired by Stan. So saying vague, positive messages is not what people want to hear when they're realistically trying to problem solve their life. So Stan, like, trying to say, oh, like, it'll be okay. Like, everything will turn out, like, the way it should be. Like, it's it's like, no, she's actually trying to figure out a solution to something. And you saying these, like, random, vague, positive things is not helping anyone. And she's just going to get frustrated because she thinks you don't understand. Because you don't. He wasn't even saying a positive message that was specific to her situation. He was just saying some vague, like, you know, something you get out of like a, a inspirational quote book or something like that. They it was like even it wasn't even that. It was just yeah. it was very much like the kind of vague, helpful Fortune things when you, that you say <laughs> to someone when you want to end the conversation and move yes. on. Yes, yes. Like if yes. somebody's complaining a lot about stuff and you're like, I'm bored of talking about this. So you're just like, well, you know, everything happens for a reason. It all turn out in the end. But anyway, <laughs> changing yeah. subjects. Yeah. <laughs> Because, I mean, like, if you have a positive message, like, you know, I think even something like, well, you both love each other, 
You know, mm-hmm. you're both family. You'll always be his mother. That would have been a, like a positive message that at least would make her feel a little better, I feel like, in this situation. But instead, sure. he's giving these vague positive messages that are like could be applicable to anything. And they're not helping anyone emotionally or to actually solve the problem. So, Stan, totally. idiot. Yeah. 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 I mean, I don't think I don't think things are going to last much longer here for Stan. I think we're... Uh... No, it's not looking good for them. Yeah, yeah, definitely. All right. So uh, I really loved the um, the life in between that they had after with uh, Puppy and Amber. I feel like we got a lot of questions answered, like uh-huh. where did the name Puppy come from? Uh-huh. And uh, learned a lot about making prison food. And I think they even said during the season about puppies pies. So they actually mm. made a puppies pie and it's like, okay. And yeah, it was a really fun little segment. Afterwards. Yeah, much more, and, yeah, much more fun than the uh, like just you know, the sadness we had when they were in it last time. Oh, gosh, it's like, oh, yeah. Ooh, drunk puppy walking down the street. Uh, trying yeah. to hook up with Amber. Yeah. Yeah. So after that, I'm actually kind of excited to see them back on uh, Life After yeah. Lockup when it comes back. Yeah, if they back. can keep it more like that. Like, I like puppy when she's not sad puppy, right? Yes, that's true. That is very true. Yeah. All right. So, uh, yeah, so that pretty much wraps up everything that happened uh, this week on Love After Lockup. So we'll yep. be back next week. Yeah. Same yeah, time-ish. We'll, we'll, <laughs> yeah. We're trying to figure out some logistics. Yeah. Yes, yeah. totally. We have some recording logistics to go through because, yeah, uh, yeah there's things going on. <laughs> yeah. So um, if it's a little bit late, please know that it's coming. But, yeah. Just- yeah. We may be a day or two late next week. Totally. Yep. All right. So we'll see everybody when we see them then. Okay. Sounds good. All right. See you next week. All right. Okay. Okay. Bye. Bye.